0: Hey there, this is Mercedes from the White Swan and Kitty, and you are listening to Thunder Underground.
1: Welcome to episode 291 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent and Jason here as always, and this week we've got a fun one because we've got Mercedes Lander joining us. Mercedes has a great new band, newer band called the White Swan, and of course she's the drummer for Kitty as well, and we talk about Both those things and some other stuff as well coming up. We've also got some new music that's great. Going to talk about some other stuff. But first up, we need to mention that since the last time we talked to you, we lost one of the greatest icons of rock and roll history. Exactly. And, you know, usually when that happens, you know, we'll talk about it for a bit, whether it be a few minutes or in the cases like Lemmy or... Chris Cornell or Neil Peart, you know, 15, 20 minutes, but with Eddie, we're like, this guy's so important to not just us, but to rock and roll and, you know, in general, that we're dedicating an entire episode to it.
2: Right, right. Rock and roll needs Eddie Van Halen like, I need
1: beer. <laughs> right. So that's how important of a loss this is. Yes. That's just our way of telling you we're not going to go into great detail here. Of course, like everybody else, we're extremely sad. We've both been lifelong fans of that band since we were kids. And we'll be talking about all that. And on our tribute episode, it won't just be Jason and I rambling for an hour. We're going to have a lot of special guests. And these are all guests that, so far, everyone we've talked to has either been on this podcast before or... We recorded an interview in the past week, so we got some audio from him there. So everything's been recorded since the passing of Eddie. It's not old clips or anything. We can confirm we've got Paige Hamilton from Helmet, Mike Spritzer from Devil Driver, Mark Slaughter from Slaughter, and Vinnie Vincent Invasion, Mitch Perry from the Mitch Perry Group, and Steeler, and Talos. And Lita Ford. Yeah. Can't forget that. We've have Mike Ariza from Healing the Fray and Frank Hannon Band. We have Damon Johnson. The mighty Damon Johnson from Brother Kane, Thin Lizzie, Black Star Writers, Alice Cooper.
2: And Damon Johnson in the Get Ready.
1: Yes, his project going on right now. We've got Tyler Bryant of Tyler Bryant and The Shakedown. We've got Chris Heinlein, phenomenal guitarist from the Midnight Devils in 3D in your face. CJ McClellan from Grind, who another person who's heavily influenced by Eddie Van Halen. I think that covers everything we've recorded so far. Uh just said to Tony Asta from Oh that's right. Battlecross. Yeah, from Battlecross, that one's great. And then there might be some I'm forgetting we've got a few more here planned, but regardless. This will be a good lengthy episode with not just our opinions but a lot of other well-respected musicians opinions
2: it's gonna be a great one well worth the wait
1: yeah so the plan is to have that out that'll be the next episode so it should be probably monday Mm -hmm. episode 292 so be on the lookout for that of course we'll be posting it all over the place more on eddie van halen coming soon but in the meantime gotta let you know our sponsors Medfarm is a dispensary located in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma at 24683 East Highway 51. You can check out their entire selection at leafly.com. Follow them on all their socials. They're on Facebook, Medfarm, that's P-H-A-R-M, and Instagram, at MedfarmOK. They're always running specials on there. They also have an ongoing special where if you mention our name, if you say you heard about them on Thunder Underground, they'll give you 10% off your first order. And you might be like, why should I go clear to Broken Arrow if I live in Tulsa? It's 15 minutes away, and there's a dispensary two and a half seconds from my house. <laughs> well, that dispensary two and a half seconds from your house does not give 30% of their proceeds to build no-kill animal shelters. And that's what MedFarm does. Cannabis with a cause. Nearly a third of their profits are going to build no-kill animal shelters. And they offer the convenience of a drive through
0: All you got to do is call ahead
1: or text ahead. Place your order and just zip right through there and get it and get out of there. So huge thank you to Medfarm for everything they do. Next up, we've got Sunset Tattoo. Tattoo Shop in Tulsa at 3415 East 15th Street. Right in the heart of Midtown. Their tattoos are done getting proper. They're state licensed and they are mother approved. Jake Thompson and his crew have over 25 years of experience. They've done a lot of great work and you can see all the photos at sunset tattoo Tulsa on Instagram and the same thing on Facebook sunset tattoo Tulsa. So shoot them an email, give them a call, set up a time to get in there and talk about what work you need to be done and check out all their photos. So, you know, that we're not just BS and you on the great work they do. We've also got hella hot, hot sauce, a hot sauce company based out of the San Francisco Bay area. Their mom and pop style operation They make small batch artisan hot sauces. They do collaborations with some metal artists. They've got a sauce called Brain Jerk from the band Ghoul, who's been on this podcast before. And they've also got a collaboration with Frank Novanek from Hatebreed called Florida Frank's Florida Heat. We've also got a lot of that that they sent over. And it'll, it'll clean your insides out. Oh, man. But it tastes great while you're doing it. So yeah. That's Talk it about matters. a
2: cherry red beehole. hole Watch <laughs>
1: out. I think that that's a good... uh, That's a clip that Frank should start using in his promo for this, right? Well, I'm telling you. <laughs> right. HelloHotHotSauce.com is where you can check all their stuff out, pick up some of those sauces. If you're on the West Coast, they're in stores out there as well. So follow them on Facebook and Instagram and tell them we sent you. Finally, we've got DEB concerts, a promoter based right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. They've brought a plethora of amazing acts to the Ideal Barroom and to downtown Tulsa at the BOK Center. They also book the Roadhouse Stage at Rocklahoma. So in September of 2021, when Rocklahoma's running around, rolling around, we'll talk about the acts they've got coming there. But in the meantime, October 23rd, that would be... Next, I should have looked at my calendar. Is that next Friday? Or two Fridays from now. No, that's actually next Friday. John Karabi will be at the Ideal Ballroom doing an acoustic performance. This will be socially distanced. The Ideal Ballroom, I can promise you, is safer than most venues in this country, not just this town. They're an exceptional venue, it has a lot of great measures in place. Rocket Science, an amazing band out of Tulsa, will be opening that show. So get on DEBConcerts.com to ticket info and also be kept up to date on any other shows like Poison. They got postponed once they have rescheduled dates, of course. We'll let you know as well. Follow them on Facebook as well and tell them Thunder Underground sent you. First up, we've got the last couple episodes we talked about ACDC. First up, we talked about the fact that they made a post, basically. (laughs) Holy shit, ACDC made a post. Stop the presses. (laughs) Because that's the truth. You know, you stop the presses because they don't make posts. And then second off, then the next week we got to talk about the fact that they released a teaser for their song, Shot in the Dark. Mm -hmm. And then by the time we released that episode, the song came out last Wednesday, I believe. We got Shot in the Dark in its entirety, which is... Pretty short. I mean, it's not like ACDC's putting out seven-minute-long songs, but no. you know they're usually a good four minutes. And this, so this felt pretty short. You know, it felt like an early maybe ACDC song, three minutes, right on the dot, almost. I think maybe three or something. But regardless, my first takeaway from when I heard it is like, like you mentioned on the last episode, even if ACDC is like, what's the right word? Like not up to their standard, they're still above most people's standards, right? And you're always pumped to hear new music, and I'm not saying that about this song. I dig this song. It's great. It's very reminiscent of Giving the Dog a Bone, but with many ACDC songs, you could think, I kind of recognize a riff or a melody here that's similar to something else, but... That's the charm of ACDC, right? I mean, it's fucking, you know what you're getting, and yep. they always deliver well-written songs, even if it sounds like something they've been doing forever. It's fine, you know?
2: It's like Vince Vaughn said in Wedding Crashers, it's like pizza, baby, even when it's bad, it's good. <laughs> right. And, and, I mean, and, and and but I agree this is not a bad ACDC song. I don't know that there is a bad, one, Anyways. You know what the fuck I'm trying to say. This is a great song, though. This has got that, that pump and that injection of just, you know, uh, fucking hard edged hard rock that we have come to love from ACDC. The song is no different. And, you know, it gives you those feelings that you get when you hear, you know, it's just, you know, it's like a warm blanket. It's always there for you and it always does its job. Yeah. so yeah i mean it's i you know i love the riff um it's got a beat the groove it's it's all there we know it we love it and uh you know it's a tried and true formula from these guys
1: yeah yeah they announced that the album power up is coming out november 13th so we're literally right about a month away from this thing that's pretty quick these days you know usually you get an announcement Way ahead of time on an album coming out, but this is ACDC, like we said. Yeah, they make an announcements when they feel like it because they're ACDC. Here you go. I mean, the album's been done, like you mentioned last time, like for quite a while.
2: Yeah, and so but, I mean, they're they're ready. Yeah, and who knows? Who knows what the the next year brings? So I guess they're just like, fuck it, get it out.
1: Yeah, they're the type of band that doesn't need to tour to promote an album, or need to need an album out to promote a tour. Either way, mm-hmm. you know, people are gonna. Buy that album that are ACDC fans and people are going to go to an ACDC show when it happens. Of so course. They're kind of in a, a better position than most bands are when it comes to trying to figure out how to navigate the pandemic. Exactly. Like we both said last time, we're always pumped about a new music from ACDC, because especially as the years go by, they're few and far between. But after hearing Shot in the Dark, I'm even more pumped than I was before hearing it. Yeah. Oh, it'll be great. It'll be great. Yeah. Yeah, something tells me after hearing Shot in the Dark, we're going to get a short, concise, 10-song, 40-minute album, which is, you know, perfect for Exactly. Yeah, you're right. So I'm sure on our episode that comes out, the first episode that comes out after November 13th, you're going to be hearing (laughs) us talk about those songs. Exactly. Be on the lookout for that. Speaking of November 13th, another album that comes out that day is a band that... On the opposite end of acdc they're brand new called enigma experience they have a brand their debut album is called question mark and their first single we're going to play it for you right now this band's out of sweden enigma experience this song is called lone wolf The first single from Enigma Experience off their debut album, Question Mark, that comes out in about a month, November 13th, the band's out of Sweden, and it features Nicholas, the guitarist from Truck Fighters. We actually had Oscar from Truck Fighters on this podcast a couple years ago, and it's a great band who, outside of, you know, at least in America, I think, has never got the do they deserve, Mm -hmm. and now that they've been on a break you know, Nicholas has a new band. The drummer is also a former member of truck fighters. It's a three piece and the vocalist, man, that dude's got some power in his voice. That's for sure. Sure does, man. Kind of got, he's got the Cornell vibes going this, you know, of course Nicholas has the fuzz, the fuzzy tones going like he does with truck fighters. Mm -hmm. You get a great combination when you put those things together. And this song's fucking slamming. I can't wait to hear this full album. Something tells me this is going to be one of those ones that kind of sneaks out of nowhere and, I'm like, this is on my top top list of 29, or 2020, 2019, God, I wish it was, huh? <laughs> yeah, you're just wishful thinking. <laughs> Let's buddy. go back in time and change history, you know? Take that bat and don't fuck it like Randy did on South Park. But anyway, <laughs> that makes no sense if you haven't seen that, uh, that new South Park. So. <laughs> but that was a weird tangent it's back to Enigma Experience. Get on Facebook and give these guys a follow. Be looking for this new album from this Great new Swedish trio that'll be coming out in November, and they just proved that every time you hear music from a band out of Sweden, it's it's never subpar, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, they're not messing
1: around. Right. All right, is there anything else we want to talk about before we get into the heart of this episode? I think we're good. All right. Mercedes Lander is the vocalist, guitarist, and keyboardist, actually, for the White Swan which is also a three-piece, but well, they recorded, I believe they record as a three-piece, but when they play live, I believe they're a four-piece, but you know, she's doing, you know, I watched some live videos and she would do those things. Like you would see guys like, well, we mentioned Van Halen or Geddy Lee, where you're doing like three things at once, you know, play guitar and then start playing keyboard and then start singing, you know? And yeah, it's impressive to me. I mean, I don't, I don't do any of those things. It's impressive that anyone could do more than two of those things at once, you know? Yeah. New EP came out here about a month or a month and a half ago. You know, I listened to it, obviously, before I talked to her. And I was really, like, blown away by how much I like this. It's really great, kind of atmospheric doom metal. If you're a fan of Kitty and you haven't heard The White Swan, it's nothing like Kitty, which I always love it whenever artists have projects that are not on the same fucking ballpark, you know. So definitely check this out. If all you're familiar with is Kitty, and even if you're not, if you just listen to us because you like podcasts, check this out because you know it's great music. That's all that matters. So let's get into this. Here's Mercedes Lander from the White Swan and Kitty. Transmission came out this past week, how's it feel to get some new music out there after a couple years?
0: Uh, To be honest with you, I'm so happy that we finally could release that record. Um, It was about time we sat on it for a little bit, because, you know, the world's a little bit on the crazy side right now. So uh, it actually was recorded in December of uh, last year, and then we kind of by the time we got the record back, it kind of, everything kind of started getting a little crazy Um, and uh, we sat on it for a little bit. And then, uh, you know, we just kind of made the collective decision to try and release it and just see what happens. And so far everything has been amazing. Like
1: great response from fans and everything.
0: Yeah. Everybody seems to be really enjoying it. And the fact that, you know, nobody's able to go to live shows hasn't really affected us that much which is kind of nice i mean we're all really missing playing live and missing seeing the people in a live setting um but uh but yeah it's uh it's definitely been pretty cool so far
1: what well, was the the choice to delay it like a from the distributor or was it like you guys or like how did that play out because i've heard people say they Wanted to wait, you know, through this to put out music and other people say it's the perfect time to release music when there's nothing going on.
0: Well, so we weren't, I mean, as the rest of the world, we weren't sure how long this was going to last, like coronavirus and uh, us being in lockdown and stuff like that. We weren't really sure uh, what what was going on and how that was going to affect us creating uh, like physical copies, if that makes sense. Right. Uh, so because I know that a lot of the record plants shut down um, during the early stages of the pandemic, so um, it took a little bit of time, but we uh, we ended up finding a record plant that wasn't completely backed up. And was open and functioning, um, which was super cool. So we pressed that vinyl, but we were, you know, we sat on it for a little bit because yeah, we were, were, we weren't really sure A, how long this was going to last for. um, And B, because, you know, I don't recall anything ever happening like this before. So <laughs> I'm yeah. pretty sure with we were just kind of like, well, we don't really know what's going to happen. Um, but I did notice that a couple bands uh, just pushed on with their releases and did really well. So I was like, you know what, let's just do it. And, and you know, maybe, uh, m- maybe uh, it'll work out. And it seemed to work out so far.
1: Well, you mentioned, you know, not being able to play live shows. And do you think not being able to tour off the record or the EP is – like a hindrance at all because I mean that's normally how you know bands promote especially this day and age.
0: Yeah, so it's it's hard because it's hard because you you know you don't really know, but we're that's what we're used to, um, you know by now since the record's been out for like a week or however long. Um, you know, normally by now we'd have played a bunch of shows, uh, leading up to the release and had a nice release show and everything like that. And playing live and playing in different cities and stuff like that helps to build your audience. Um, but, uh, but, um, yeah. So, I mean, we might not be fully, you know, using our potential, uh, in getting like a, a newer, fresh audience, but, uh, I think so far so good with everything else. Like I, I think everybody knows that the record's out and um, the people that, you know, are fans of the white Swan know. So that's probably the most important people to take care of first. And, you know, if other people find out about the band, that's pretty awesome as well.
1: Well, I, I'm assuming once it's what's, once it's a possibility, you guys expect a tour off this EP.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. Um, We'll definitely be playing shows, but again, it's like who knows when that's gonna happen right right <laughs> um and like I mean a lot of the venues, especially here, and I know that there's like a big list uh, of venues in the u s that are closed um I saw the list I think it was yesterday um it's just the closures are staggering. it's crazy The, the i I feel like entertainment and live music is probably gonna suffer a lot. But hopefully, you know, with with time, things will start to, you know, improve and venues venues will start to open back up and stuff. And I guess you just have to stay positive.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping that there would be a renewed interest in, you know, shows, especially on like the local or the smaller level that people will be getting back out there more once that's a possibility in the next year or two.
0: Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to that as well. Like, I feel like because we've been cooped up for so long and not able to actually go and visit um, or visit, not be able to play shows. And I I think that once it's actually able to happen, I feel like there's going to be a, a nice resurgence in, in live music, which will be nice for people in bands. So this is
1: your guys' what is it third or third or fourth EP? Fourth, like, yeah. Is this like the way you guys plan to continually do it, or are you ever looking in the future at doing a full length?
0: Um, the the thing with a full length is is like it takes time, yeah. and I I feel like you know the the format that we've been using, so releasing EPs three four songs at a time, has really worked for us because we can release music regularly and not have to sit there and like write 12 songs and then put those 12 songs out and then have to follow up with another another 12 songs that stuff takes time right so if you do it three four songs at a time a it's kind of less uh that you have to focus on um and you get to really pay attention more to like the craft uh like your songwriting and um Really put the effort into that, and then, um, and make sure everything's kind of perfect on that end, and then you know you can release stuff once or twice a year, which is kind of nice.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm going to say this. I notice it very slightly, but I notice elements, whether it be the keyboards or your lyrical content, that kind of remind me of Typo Negative at times. Are they an oh, influence of you at all?
0: I love Typo Negative, and I have since I was super young. Um, They're like one of my, uh, definitely one of my special nineties bands. Um, I was that band when I was younger. Um, also Peter Steele is pretty amazing, (laughs) but, uh, but I wouldn't, I mean, I can understand like, I wouldn't necessarily call typo negative like an influence, but they're definitely a band that I love a lot. Like I wouldn't ever want to try and sound like Peter Steele. Right. (laughs) But I agree that, like, they have a lot of the same elements as us. Yeah. Uh, Definitely some fuzzy guitars and keys, which I feel like isn't really, like, a whole lot of a thing um, in this genre of music. But definitely us and Typo and a couple other bands kind of utilize that, which is kind of cool. Right.
1: I know with, with Kitty, you guys explored a lot of different genres of metal. You know, the white swan, it's, you know, even another genre. Is that something you think with white swan throughout the years you might continually evolve or is it more just kind of in the the vein you guys have been in, you think?
0: I don't know. Um, We'll see what happens when we get there. You know, Um, it just depends on how I'm feeling. Uh, (laughs) Really, (laughs) that's what it comes down to. It's like, oh, what kind of what do I want to write? You know, Um, and I don't think we've ever like really been like, oh, let's stay in this one genre. Uh, I I don't really, I'm not a really big fan of, you know, labeling music and pigeonholing bands uh, in general. I just feel like it, for somebody that, you know, that writes music, it's like, what does it matter? You don't have to stick to one thing, right? And you shouldn't have to stick to a certain thing. If you want to write a bossa nova groove, then go do that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> I just, just like you should be able to do whatever you want, and I feel like uh, labeling music uh, just breeds elitism, and uh, I just that's not you know, I just feel like music shouldn't be about that. Right.
1: You have obviously spent the early part of your career drumming, like when you first stepped on stage, basically as the front woman. Was it? Daunting weird? to you or was it, how, how did that experience go?
0: It is weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, super weird. Uh, I had to, before we even played our first live show, cause I, I wasn't sure initially what I was going to do in the band. Um, uh, because, you know, singing and playing, uh, guitar, was something that I'd never really done before like I obviously have done those separately but doing it at the same time is a little hard um and then you know I was like well I could play drums but I don't think I would be able to give a good vocal performance while playing drums so um it was like well I could just play keys and sing but that was also, that's actually harder than singing and playing guitar for me. So I picked the lesser of all the evils and, uh, and, and did that. Um, and the first couple shows, it was like, Oh, am I really doing this? This is super weird. Um, but after a while, I mean, it never stops being weird because that's just, I'm just still not used to it. And it's, even though it's been, you know, however long, four years since we played our first show, like, It's still it's it it's always gonna be weird for me because you know, I spent twenty four years behind a drum kit. Right. So
1: yeah. (laughs) Well I'd watch some live videos of you guys and you play and even you know, you'll switch between the keys and the guitar. Like was that learning curve like tough to do all three things like they're in a short span of time?
0: Yeah. Well you just have to utilize a mute button. <laughs> uh mute button. So I have a I actually have a have a like an A B box on my pedal board. And I actually run my uh keys through my amp now. I didn't used to, but I run my keys through my amp now. Um just because I felt like I couldn't get the sound guys were just messing everything up. So I was like, you know what? This is what I'm doing. So There is a, there is a kill switch on, it's an ABY box. So there is a kill switch, which is pretty cool. So I can, or you can just switch back and forth by hitting a button, which is super nice. Um, So it turns off my guitar, so I don't have to worry about it, if that makes sense. Like rolling the volume off or anything like that. It's just like legit, you hit one button and it switches to keys and then you hit the other button and it switches back to guitar, which is kind of cool. Okay. Yeah.
1: Outside of the drums, what do you think? Being a multi instrumentalist, what do you think you excel at the most?
0: Oh, I'm a. I am a drummer.
1: Well, no, I'm mean, in I mean outside of outside of the drums. Uh, all the other things.
0: Uh, oh, okay. Well, I don't know. Not much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, drums are my main instrument, right? So, right. like, and, and the the other. The other instruments that I play are just like they're just kind of a, like a tool to write songs, if that makes sense, and that's kind of how I view them. Um, they're just there to facilitate what needs to come out of my brain in order for me to get that song down. But I'm always thinking about drums first okay. and foremost. But yeah, like I mean, like as as I go along, you know, it becomes easier, right? Right. Well,
1: what came What came first for you after the drums? Was it? singing uh i
0: was actually i i was actually a singer way before i played guitar uh, or sorry drums um i i took vocal like operatic vocal when i was really super young i think i was like in fifth or sixth grade um and i took that for about a year which was great um so and then later on in life i ended up taking some more vocal lessons from a uh, a local uh, guy here who also uh, used to, or, and still is the singer from the, do you remember the band Helix? Yes. Yeah. So Brian, the singer from Helix is a really amazing vocal teacher here in town. And, uh, he lives, he lives not that far from where I live. And, uh, he's a great vocal teacher and, uh, an all, all around swell human being. And, um, he, uh, He teaches a a really cool uh, technique called bel canto. But anyway, so I took vocal lessons from him for a while, uh, which was super cool as well. Um, But, yeah, I guess probably vocals. Uh, And then uh, I've always dabbled with, like – oh, I also was a – I played piano since I I was, like, six. Oh, wow. So there's that – Uh, but I stopped taking lessons. Like I I only took lessons for like six, six years, I guess I stopped when I was 12 when I started playing drums. So, which the piano really helped me, uh, to be able to read music. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like I'm not like a ripper of a piano player or anything like that, but, uh, I feel like, um, it just helped me to be able to understand music more than anything, um, and be able to read music a little better. I, I can't sight read anymore, which sucks. Cause you know, it's like a muscle. You, if you don't use it, you lose it. Oh yeah. Um, but to be honest with you, uh, like guitar music, like, like tabs make sense to me, but guitar music doesn't make any sense to me. Okay. Like look, <laughs> looking at it, like at, at us at guitar music. I it doesn't make sense to me Uh, like it makes sense like I understand what the notes are and stuff like that but like transposing that onto the actual guitar it's just like I'm like what is going on (laughs) because you can play the same note in like 10 different places it's just (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's ridiculous anyway
1: well around that time when you were 12 was there was there a specific drummer that made you want to pursue the drums or how did that come about
0: uh, I don't think that I really had like a, a an idea or like a like a person that I was like that person makes me want to play drums. I don't think I ever had that, but I feel like it it was. So I I think what kind of made me switch a was you know I was listening to heavier heavier music and I was like I want to be in a rock band. I want to start a band. And um, my sister was playing guitar at the time, so I was like, I don't want to do that. So what is the next best thing is you go and you uh, get a drum kit. So that's what I ended up doing. Um, and I feel like the, the it wasn't necessarily a person in general, but I feel like the band that probably is most responsible for me picking up, um, the drums would probably be Silverchair. Okay. Because they were, you know uh around the same age as I was when I first you know discovered them they were only a couple years older than me and uh we were kind of like wow if a bunch of 15 year old boys can do it then we can do that too and then that's what we ended up doing
1: well it's been now 20 years since Kitty's debut like going from a teenager to an adult now besides obviously the maturity part of it what do you think you've gained over the past two decades as far as your musical career has been.
0: (laughs) What have I gained? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, A large amount of distrust for humans. (laughs) Uh, No, um, I don't know. I just, I feel like I've, I've, I've learned so much about myself and I've learned so much about people and I've learned so much about how the world really works. And, there's just i like i i don't even know what kind of a life i would have if i didn't have music and i didn't do what i did i feel like my life would have been really boring um uh, but uh but i feel like i've just like that's just been a part of who i am for so long that like it would just be so strange not to have any of that and to you know so i don't know uh i've i've gained a lot my entire life basically yeah <laughs> and i'm and I'm so thankful for that too like considering you know I've been in a band more than half my life
1: yeah
0: like that's crazy right <laughs> right 24 years we yeah, have basically
1: I'm, growing up like, in it
0: yeah 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 like it's it, that's insane like um I don't know a lot of people uh, that you know have had those experiences. But I know that the it's I'm definitely not normal. That's for sure.
1: <laughs> well, here's a question. I'm sure you're probably tired of answering. But have you guys had any talks about the future of Kitty?
0: Um, I know that um we're lucky um, to have the experiences that we have had, and um, we had a really amazing time. Um, when we did uh, that uh, live in London show a couple years ago where we brought, you know, everybody back that wanted to come back. Um, and we did like a travel through time with all the different members and stuff like that. So that was really cool. Um, we had a lot of fun doing that, but at this point, like, unless, unless we got a really good offer, um, I don't, I don't know, uh, I don't think we would do anything unless it was a really great offer. And we could, you know, include everyone um, in one fashion or another. And I think at, because at this point, you know, we're kind of a like one of those legacy bands. And I feel like it would probably really help or it would be really cool if we could do something with, a, with some of the past members as well. Because right now we don't necessarily have any I mean besides my sister myself and Tara it's just the three of us right technically in the band but um you know and and again it's kind of hard for us to continue on without Trish um because you know it would feel kind of weird not to have her there so there's just a lot of uh, there's a lot of stuff going on with that, but you know you never know what might happen if we get you know if if somebody you know decides that they want to give us a good offer and it works out for us and and is feasible for us and we're able to do it, I don't see why not, right? Yeah, gotcha. But at the same time, it's like. Because, like, you know, we want to make sure that things are good for the fans as well. And we want to make sure that that the, the, the people that are coming to the show are getting a good experience. Because, you know, that might be the last time. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we don't want to shortchange anybody and, like, have, you know, have a lesser than experience, if that makes sense. We want to make sure that everybody that comes to a show gets blown away. So, you know, we kind of have to outdo ourselves.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that philosophy.
0: See, there you go, right? <laughs> like, it's important. Like, you know, um, but uh, but we'll see what happens. You never know that uh, the documentary is on uh, Amazon Prime right now. And uh, people are losing their mind, like our Instagram and our Twitter and all of our other social media has basically exploded since um, – the documentary got added to Amazon Prime, I guess, like a month or two ago.
1: So, that's
0: awesome.
1: Obviously, besides everything you're doing at the White Swan, and I, I'd read that you're a yoga instructor, like, how, how else have you been spending your personal time during this pandemic?
0: <laughs> well, not teaching yoga. Okay. Well, yeah. I didn't <laughs> um, think about that. <laughs> I'm also a spin instructor as well. So, like, Before the pandemic, it was like I would work my regular job and then I would go teach for a couple hours at night and I was working way too much. So this has actually been a really nice break for me um, to not, you know, break my neck and doing crazy stuff, uh, the amount of crazy stuff that I was doing before. Um, Yoga studios are back open, um, but I'm only teaching at two places right now which is okay. I'm okay with that. And, uh, and I'm, I'm not back teaching spin at all, so, uh, which is also okay. So I just have my regular old uh, <laughs> um, job at, uh, at a software uh, company and uh, just kind of hang out and do that.
1: Is the yoga thing, is that more, like does it have a lot of restrictions and guidelines now, I would assume?
0: Yeah. So here we have um, like a limit depending on space. I think it's 10 people are only allowed in the one studio that I teach at. It's a heated studio. We're not allowed to run fans. No. So the exhaust for the room, the exhaust fan, and it's a heated studio. So it's a hundred degrees in there. <laughs> so it's, it's nice and toasty. Sometimes it gets hotter. Um, but, uh, but other than that, like, it's, it's pretty much, uh, it's just, uh, I wear my mask when I teach, um, but, uh, you don't necessarily have to, um, especially because of the heat. Um, so the, I I believe the guidelines here are like, you have to wear your mask everywhere else, except for when you're actually exercising or doing yoga or whatever you're doing. Okay. Is kind of weird, but, you know, I didn't make the rules, so, <laughs> but I wear my mask all the time because I am a good girl. <laughs> right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, I really enjoyed the Nocturnal Transmission EP, and I appreciate you taking the time with me today.
0: Hey, thank you so much for giving me a ring, and, uh you know, I'm really glad you enjoy it, and I hope everybody that listens to it enjoys it as well.
1: There you go. Mercedes Lander of the White Swan of Kitty. Basically playing every ma- every instrument that you would imagine would be in any band this woman plays it, So very cool to have her on here. Huge thank you to Liz from EarSplit PR for her continued support of this podcast. And a massive thank you to Mercedes Lander for taking the time there to talk to me about everything she's got going on. If this is your first time... Checking us out. We appreciate it. We've got... Let's see if we can remember these now. We've got probably more in the can than I think we've ever had at once, actually. Yeah. Of unreleased interviews that we've done over the past, what, three weeks now, I guess.
2: Right. Yeah. Probably more... Probably as many or more since... uh At least early pandemic. Yeah. The early pandemic. Yeah. When I wasn't working and we just... You just took them all slamming.
1: afternoon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well... Since we recorded the one with Mercedes, we recorded one with Damon Johnson. He'll be back for a third time. We've recorded one with Donnie V, the voice of Enough's Enough. That was a cool one. We've recorded one with Blake Bedsall, who is the vocalist for Saul. They're a hot new band. Came out in the past couple years. If you listen to Sirius, I guarantee you've heard Saul at some point. Yeah. Let me think. What else we got? We've got a new one from Mitch Perry, who was just on this podcast, like you mentioned, early at the beginning of the pandemic, basically, mm-hmm. I think. talk to him again. Then we've got one with Tyler Bryant, the phenomenal guitarist and vocalist of Tyler Bryant and the Shakedown. Got to check them out live a couple years ago when they were opening for Clutch and Seven Dust. That was great. Yeah. The whole
2: show was great. Yeah,
1: love those diverse bills like that. Yeah, that's, yeah,
2: I can't wait for those again.
1: Yeah, if you're not familiar with Tyler Bryant, dude's like straight up like blues rock, and it's like, it's just great music to just chill out to, and the guy's a phenomenal musician. We've also got, I know, there's something else I'm forgetting. Paige Hamilton. There you go. Paige Hamilton of Helmet. That one was something that... I've been hoping to have happen since we started this podcast, right. I think.
2: And it was a good one.
1: Yeah, we got a good lengthy one with him, like almost an hour. Yeah. Same with Damon Johnson, that was almost an hour. Oh, and then just before we hit record on this, we recorded one with Mike Spritzer, the guitarist from Devil Driver, and that was a great one as well. He talked about everything from the beginning of his time with Devil Driver 16 years ago to now, so some good stuff there as well. And like I mentioned early on... We've got the Eddie Van Halen tribute episode coming as well that features pretty much everyone I just mentioned, plus Mark Slaughter, Robin McCauley of McCauley Shanker Group and Black Swan. And then we've got Tony Asta from Battlecross and a few other people. So be looking at, on for that. That'll be episode 292 just next. And if you love the, the White Swan and that kind of stuff. We've had on Kirk Winstein from Crowbar a couple of times. We've had on two members of Superjoint, where we had Jimmy Bauer, who's also in I Hate God and Down. And we had on Steven Taylor, who's also in Phil's solo group, The Illegals. We've had on John Connolly from Seven Dust. Guys from we've had on Gene Simmons from KISS. We've had on guys from Guns N' Roses, Battlecross, Shine Down. Megadeth, Testament, Death Angel. Long ass list. So dig through it all. thethunderground.com. You can listen there. You can see reviews there. At the Underground on YouTube. We've got a lot of videos that are separate from this podcast where we do reviews on albums. In fact, just mentioned Saul. Their new album's not out till next Friday and we've already got a review up on that. So check that out. Then we've got Facebook, Twitter, all that great stuff. Find it on our website follow us and like us on everything you see you can listen to us most everywhere podcasts are heard and yeah i think that covers it i think it does all right once again thank you dare split pr mercedes lander sunset tattoo med farm hell hot hot sauce and deb concerts and until next time thunder underground y'all